Hey, Walt. Where are all the peas gone? Oh, I'm icing an injury. I, I needed them. Are you alright? What happened? I, I don't really want to talk about it. Come on, you might need to go to the doctor or something. No, I, I definitely don't need that. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Well, I'd like to make a pea risotto, so you're going to have to prove it, or I'm going to take those peas away from you. Tell me what happened, and why you need the frozen peas. Look, I, I was walking home from the train station, and I passed this guy who looked kind of dodgy. And he was staring at me, so I walked a bit faster, but then I turned around. Oh my god, he mugged you? No! He looked me up and down, and said my haircut looked stupid. What? And then he beat you up for that. No, no, it just, it just really hurt, you know? So you're just emotionally injured. What do you need the peas for? My ego. And how are you icing that kind of injury? Well, you wrap the peas in a tea towel and then you put a rubber band around the end and then you actually put a little bit of water. No, where are the peas? James, I wouldn't need the peas if I knew where to find peace. <laughs> time we were recording that I was looking at like the script mm -hmm. and then my, I turned my face to you on that last line <laughs> and it got me <laughs> <laughs> good that's my only goal uh, welcome to the get commanded podcast by the Greensboro commander community it's the GCP by the GCC and POG palms off gaming sponsor of this podcast we're all uniting forces to help you to have better games of commander I'm your host Walt and hello commander players I'm your other host James now before we get to the transmission and find out what the space commanders have for us this week I just wanted to remind everyone that we do have a patreon Mm. which is the best way to support the content that we create here and if you're enjoying our content consider i mean even just check it out just check out the patreon there's a really nice low tier that you can do for like barely nothing a month and it will genuinely help what and i produce some really cool stuff we've even put some like goals up there now including like video content mm. some really other exciting stuff that we're working towards so if you do like what we have to offer you think about supporting us go yep. to patreon.com slash get commander podcast to find out more agreed but we do have that incoming transmission from the deep depths of the galaxy from the space commanders it's time to get commanded walt has been conducting an experiment for the last three months entitled the great Freeze. In the interest of furthering our own scientific thought, we require that the findings from this experiment be presented now. Crucially, has Walt learned the pitfalls of being a tinkerer? Hey, what, wait, you, you're like doing specific assignments with the space commanders now? No, this, I think the reason, they, they seem a bit upset in that that transmission to me. And I, I think I took it as you're working with them. Oh, man. no, no, no. I thought I've had a betrayal on no, my hands. They, they don't know that I've been doing this experiment. I think they've just found out. And I think that's why they're like, oh. tell us the results. Right. Right now. So this experiment, mm -hmm. I've, I've heard you talk about this before, this great freeze. Yes. So you've, have you finished it now? Is that? Just barely. Yeah. Okay. Basically. Um, look, I, I want to, 
Look, context. Okay, right. uh, that's probably a good start. Context is good. I, I've, I'm your like good mate. We play Commander a lot together. Yes. I know what this is about. But for the people that we're making this episode for, <laughs> you should probably explain yeah. what you've been doing the past few that's, months. That's, that's sort of how these work, isn't it? Um, look, I think there's sort of two broad camps of deck builders. As with any um, dichotomy, it's mostly made up. So th- most people <laughs> sit somewhere in the middle. But True. for the purposes of this podcast, let's imagine that, that there's these two broad camps. And I do think people fall overall into one or the other. Yeah. Okay. Of these two camps. So like never 50-50. Yeah, yeah basically. Fair enough. Um, there's, and specifically when it comes to building decks for commanders. And I think there's basically two camps here and I've called one of them architects mm-hmm. and the other one tinkerers. And you'll notice that and that's the one that the space commanders called you. Well, they said have has Walt learned the pitfalls of being a tinkerer. So I'll outline what those two things are and then why I think being a tinkerer is a bit of a problem and, and what I've learned about that. Sure. Um, but first, architects. Mm-hmm. So this is the kind of player who takes often, not always, but often quite a while to build a commander deck. It sort of sits in drafts for a while. Mm-hmm. They're kind of playtesting it, like uh, goldfishing it a lot. But once they've constructed it, it sort of stays pretty much exactly the same once they've made it. You know, like they're, they're doing all the playtesting, they're, they're putting cards in, taking them out, but they're not ever playing them against other people, really. Oh, so like once they hit the streets. Like, yeah. once they hit the game store. Yeah, and so so the, the reason I'm calling them the architect camp is I'm sort of imagining, you know, they've got the plans laid out in front oh, of the them. Oh, the big drawing board? Yeah, the, the big, big drawing. Yeah. They're, they're doing, and you know, architecture requires a lot of maths. They're, like, measuring things, making sure, like, load-bearing walls are where they need to be. Yeah. But once the building is built, most buildings stay roughly the same moving forward, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, so that's what I'm calling the architect camp. People who take maybe quite a while to build a deck or the process of building a deck is quite... Um, rigorous in some way, but then once they've built it, it kind of stays roughly the same. Sure. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of relate to that description a little bit. I did think about you when I was think like conceptualizing this. Yeah, I mean, like I don't think I can. I just the word tinkerer in the other camp. I kind of get a picture of what that is already. Mm. But I, the second you said tinkerer, I'm like, I'm not a tinkerer. So what am I? The architect kind of makes a lot of sense to me. I relate mm. to this kind of like. If the foundations are good, and I'm going to continue with this arch- <laughs> uh, architecture metaphor here. Thank you. Um, if the foundations are good in a deck, you shouldn't really need to tinker with it that much. And when you mm. do change something, it's like putting on a fresh coat of paint. It's actually quite simple. You just paint over a wall. Mm. Um, or you go, oh, actually, you know what? I'd like some fluorescent lighting in this room. I'm going to take the old bulbs out and put the new bulbs in. Well, that's really interesting. I, I like your use of the metaphor here because <laughs> all of those changes are quite minor in the context yes. of a building, right? You're not knocking down walls or anything like no, that. No, I know very rarely when I think about like my commander deck building, I very rarely want to do a big project like that. I mean, mm. you know that I... I'm very small amount of free time left in my Absolutely. life. So you're very aware that like a massive overhaul of a deck, A, takes a lot of time mm. and B, is quite daunting to yeah. look at. And I, in my life, don't have the time to go, right, I need to redo the card draw in this deck. Mm. And that's that's a that's a load-bearing wall. Yeah. So like that is a load-bearing wall and I don't want to just take a sledgehammer to it because that just could it could be a big piece of tarpaulin in my deck box for a big <laughs> while just being like it's under renovation. Come through to the kitchen. We'll play with my other deck. <laughs> 
You you love a good metaphor, James. And, and honestly, I love architects is going really well. Yeah. I like this metaphor. All right, cool, cool. Uh, so yes, we're on the same page here. The architect builds the thing; it stays roughly the same. Yep. The other end of this spectrum of deck builders, and I do think that you know this is a pretty hefty camp of mm-hmm. deck builders. So like you know, a lot of people fall in this camp is tinkerers. So this is sort of where the process of building the deck is considered to be a continuous one. So mm. there might still be a big plan, like there might be a big build of the deck originally, but also like every few times they play a deck, sometimes even every time they play a deck, a tinkerer is probably going to be taking a card out, trying something new, yeah. shuffling things around, and you know, it's sort of like that they can take apart all of the pieces and still think of it as the same deck because to them, the deck is just probably the commander and what the deck wants to do. And the cards within it are just kind of like tools in that process. So they can swap them out as much as they want. Sure. And the philosophy remains the same. So they're still moving in the same direction. Okay. Yeah. No, this definitely describes you for pretty much every year you've played commander, but <laughs> this year. Yes. So basically I do consider myself very firmly in this tinkerer camp. A hundred percent. I mean, when we used to live together, you used to get home from a commander night and I would like literally, your bedroom was like down the hall, but closer to the hall, like closer to the front door than mine. So I would walk past your room to get to my bedroom. Mm. And when I would walk out of my room, maybe to come into the kitchen or like go south, you would already be at your computer <laughs> on Moxfield, <laughs> like tinkering away. I could almost mm. hear, hear the Tony Stark tunk. Dunk, yeah, dunk happening. It's, it's definitely been my way of playing Commander, and I think that's not going to change. So, like that, I'm I'm willing to admit I'm I'm just kind of built like that. Yes. <laughs> um, but like it was getting to the point for me with tinkering where I was taking cards <clears throat> out of my decks before I'd ever seen them played. You know what I mean? Like I was putting a card in my deck and then because I had this drive to be continuously improving, I would be putting new cards in, in the space of that card I just put in and I'd never even played that card before. And that I think is too, too much. All right. You know what this is like? And I'm going to use another metaphor here. Okay. Um, this is like my partner, Theo, love him to bits. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, but they're a little food anxious. Right. They don't like trying new food. Um, and you would have seen an Instagram story on my story. I, I the did other night. actually to today. Yeah. I tried to introduce Theo to artichoke hearts, which I think are delicious. They're mm. like really salty and add a lot of flavor to a dish. And Theo was just like, "Nut, nah, this is not going in my food." And I'm like, "But you haven't even tried it yet. How do you know you don't like it?" Yep. And then Theo tried it, and lo and behold, it's actually kind of nice. So that I, I feel like with if you make the the food your deck as the metaphor, <laughs> you're like, no, nah, I don't like this card. I'm like, well, have you ever had this hit the battlefield? You're like, I don't like the idea of it. Yeah. So I'm not. <laughs> Damn, that is that's too real. Calling Actually, you out on that, I feel yeah. straight up called out. But look, it's it was a problem for me. Um, so I'd like to take us all back to the 25th of January. Ooh, time travel effect. Different <laughs> world, different world. Of course, the world was not the same. It was the same. Look, it was three. January. <laughs> it was January. It was three months ago. Um, and around this time, a bit before this time, I was experiencing some burnout, which we outlined in the in the burnout episode, which is a few episodes ago now. Yeah. Um, Good episode to go back to. Our only episode with a guest at this point. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's true. Um, but we, we talked a lot in that episode about how this sort of constant drive for new cards and improving decks, um, and specifically around spoiler season and this kind of thing, is something that can contribute and exacerbate your burnout? Yeah, this is something that we spoke about um, pretty consistently. And even when we had our guest Cooper on, 
who was the guest that was basically talking about how he'd burnt out and not played magic for a good year because of the burnout. Mm. He said that it was just like, everyone is talking about it online. You know, the professor command zone, all the big YouTubers, all the big podcasts. They're all talking about product burnout, which is just Mm. the amount of product that's being released is just so hard to keep up with. And as commander players, because everything that is printed is legal for us. Yeah. We're trying our best to keep up with it, but it's honestly sometimes like, running up a Stairmaster going 5,000 kilometers an hour. Yeah, it's it's really difficult to keep up with. And most importantly, it kind of distracts you from the game. Like, Magic the Gathering, every aspect of it should always be in pursuit of playing Magic the Gathering, right? Yes, and that was like our thesis statement at the end of that mm. episode was like, think about what you enjoy about magic and what we found it was for us was actually sitting down at a kitchen table or at a game store with our playgroup and playing the game well and this is basically the origin of uh the great freeze Ooh, as okay. uh as the space commander said this, right, well, is... this is a scientific experiment you've mm-hmm. got i'm assuming you had like your methodology yes yeah okay so walk us through the experiment outline okay so from the 25th of january until the 25th of april so exactly three months uh, I made no edits to my commander decks. Oh. So I'd like to make a few, uh, as in all scientific experiments, you have to outline the ways in which the data doesn't apply, or, you know, like the ways in which you didn't con- uh, commit completely to... Sure, the exceptions. The idea. Yeah, yeah, exceptions, basically. So, um, within the great freeze of my decks, if not editing them, I did make a few changes, and you're able to see these on Moxfield. Um and I made them for, for, in my opinion, good reasons and reasons that were unrelated to tinkering, specifically. That's totally fair. This this experiment is about the tinkering pitfalls. Yes. Right? That's what the Space Commander said. Absolutely. So, um, I changed the printing, specifically the printing of quite a few cards in my decks because the printings that I was using were by artists I didn't want to support. All right, that's fair enough. Firstly... I know why. Mm. Totally fair. But secondly, it's the same card. Yeah, this is just printing. Yeah. So, like, mechanically, the decks were unique. Uh, yeah. were identical at this point. Um, a couple of occasions, very rarely, I was unable to find a... Um, pr- there was no other printings of a card that I was using. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't substitute for a different printing in order to not support the artist that I, whose, whose art I was using at the time. Right. So I substituted mechanically similar cards. And I got as close as I possibly could. So um, I was... a similar mana rate. Yeah. Similar effects. And sometimes I found better ones, actually, which is kind of, oh, fun, nice. kind of fun. Um. Yeah, in one ca- occasion, I, I was using a card that sort of returned an instant or sorcery back from your graveyard to your hand. And I substituted a card... Um, that was the same, like had a three mana ability to do that and also had a, um, it was a split card and it actually had an, another thing you could do with the card. So it was, in my opinion, it was a strictly better magic yeah, card. Yeah, modal. We talk about modal effects all the time in yeah. deck building. That's sick. Yeah, but mechanically very similar. So mm-hmm. on a couple of occasions I did that because I just felt really strongly about not supporting these particular artists. Fair enough. Um, I did admittedly, and again, I don't feel this comes under the umbrella of tinkering. I built one new commander deck. Mm. Um, mostly because we built a deck for an event that we were running um, at the time at the store that we play at in, in Greensboro um, that was called the Hipster Event or Hipster the Gathering, I think it was called. Um, and the deck I built was so... It was like a perfectly good deck. It was so awful to play <laughs> that I just could not bear having it any longer. And I decided to build a, a different one, which is the origin of my Mowu Loyal yes. Companion decks. This is my like mono green, plus one counters, Voltron-y kind of thing. Which you've never mentioned on this podcast before. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I love it. I love that deck it's to a, bits. It's a good deck. Um, but I haven't even edited that deck. So I did build that deck. I've made no edits to that deck since I built it. Okay. Well, that, I mean, that's not tinkering. That's 
building. Yes, yeah. that's building a deck. Yeah. Exactly right. Um, and I did. I was specific when I talked about the the freeze in saying commander decks. I have built a couple new pauper decks, and I have made a couple of very small changes to my pauper decks. But I did endeavour wherever I possibly could in in the sort of spirit of the experiment to leave my pauper deck lists alone. And I actually, for ninety five percent of them, I did do exactly that. Nice, I'm glad. I feel like I've beaten you a few times because of that. <laughs> <laughs> but look, other than all of those exceptions, my commander decks are unchanged from now, uh, between now and the 25th of January. Sure. I've made no no changes, and, and importantly, no tinkering. I haven't tinkered with any of my commander You've decks. You've not stayed up until 12.30am no. <laughs> on Moxfield with the glowing light of your computer as your only friend. Uh, exactly right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm enjoying this episode. This is Bullying Walt, the episode. <laughs> Dog pile. Um, yeah. So look, they wanted me to present my findings and I did learn a lot by doing sure. this. Um, so yeah, three months. Three months, my decks have remained exactly the Firstly, same. Firstly, can I say, now that we understand the context of the experiment, mm -hmm. I know you quite well. Mm -hmm. Congrats on getting through this. <laughs> I know this would have been very hard for you. So, well done. I've been, I'm actually quite proud of you. Thank you. Well done. I mean, you've you've pointed in the last episode, I think, to the pile of cards that's sitting just next to this desk here. It has grown. <laughs> it has grown. That is my pile of edits. edits to make. You have five days left. When we're recording this five days from the 25th. So, we're but, recording this on the 20th of April. You can see how eager I am. I can... You, the, the order of those cards has changed since I was last here. You flicked through those cards. No. You're fantasizing about tinkering. <laughs> Look, I, I, I have list. I have cards that I'd like to consider. I have not like, I don't know like which cards are coming out. Okay. Explicitly. Sure. So I'm not, right. I'm not like pre-tinkering. Pre-tinkering. Um, <laughs> I actually don't know what tops I'm going to make. Well, I know some of them and I'm, I'm going to go into that. Because that's something that, that I learned about okay, this. But look, right. the, the main thing this experiment forced me to do, and this is the main thing I was trying to learn, is I wanted to just play Commander. And it sounds kind of obvious, but I was so sick of um, being so oriented towards deck building and deck editing that mm. I forgot to go and play Commander. And so I tried to make it so that... And I, I played a lot of um, Spell Table during this time, which yes. you, you'll be aware of. Yeah. And it, a big part of the reason for that is pretty much every time I had an evening or afternoon blocked out, and I had the urge to start doing some deck stuff, like build a new deck or You'd edit. You'd send a message in our spell table chat? I'd send chat. a message in yeah. spell table chat and go, actually, let's just play some commander. And that was great. I learned so much, and this was kind of my goal, by playing commander. It seems kind of obvious, but I played so much commander and I learned stacks about my decks in the process of just playing them again and again and again and not changing them in between times I was playing them. Honestly, quite weirdly, I feel like I also gained a better bit of a benefit from this experiment because I played Commander with you much more in these three months I than think so I think too. we've ever played before. And I think it's because like we've been so available over Spell Table and if you want to jump in our Discord there's a chance that you could jump in one of these spell table games with us. Mm. Um, yeah, you've played a lot of spell table and I actually feel like I have an understanding more of an understanding of your decks now because I've seen more of them. I feel yeah. like I've seen much more of your decks and 99% of the time when I play with you, I'm always going to ask the question, oh, what is that card doing? <laughs> Which I, I look for, as yes, you know. <laughs> it, it is exciting when I have to say, what is that card? I've never seen this before in my yeah. life. But I have just, like, thinking about some of these spell table games, 
I remember saying the phrase, oh, not this card again. <laughs> I've, I've now flipped my language and I know what to expect in some of your decks, which mm. is kind of nice, actually. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, we've talked before about playgroups and how actually we like the consistency of the playgroup. And, and the how way you can, like, abuse the yeah. knowledge that you have of your opponents. Yeah. Absolutely. And so, yeah, I, I think that is definitely a, a benefit that I gained from playing a bunch. It was also, yeah, people got to see a lot more of my decks than they might otherwise see. And I really enjoyed that as well. Um, but the really important thing that playtesting does is it lets you identify the recurring issues with a deck, right? Like, yeah. we, we play a 100-card singleton format. Yes. There's a lot of variance in Commander games. And as we've talked about before, especially in relation to tutors, we like that variance quite mm. a lot. Um, but it does mean that, you know, if you're talking about a specific card that you're thinking of cutting from a deck you might see it and in two different games it might be terrible. Like you draw yeah. it and it's just not what you needed at the time. But another three, four, ten other games, it might be the exact card you need at that time. Yeah. And you can't identify that until you play it a bunch of times in, in a row. Well, I mean, you talk about this as a full-on experiment and big importance in science is statistical relevancy and validation. Mm. And, how, and sample like, size. And sample size. So yeah, like exactly right. If you have a sample size of two occurrences of a card then your sample size is fucking small it's terrible but if you have a sample size of three months worth of games playing this card then you've seen that card maybe i don't know you play a deck twice a week across a month that's like tons of experiences potentially with that card that's a much bigger sample size than going to the game store and going i saw it played bad once i'm taking it out yeah Exactly right. And so I, I was hoping to avoid that issue of, of cutting cards because I'd only seen them once or twice. And yeah, this was really, really great for that, basically. So for the statistics nerds, your p-value was above 0.5. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I, I don't know if you can ever get a good p-value from Commander. It's so... Yeah, true. It's so random. No, no, statistics nerds don't play Commander because it annoys them. Yeah, <laughs> Too busy playing Cycle Storm or something. Um... <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a call out for a very specific person. Who probably I know exactly who you're talking about. You probably doesn't even listen to this podcast. <laughs> but you, you oh, we got you good. <laughs> if you are listening to this episode, drop a line in the Discord. <laughs> you're in there. <laughs> we got you. We got you so good. Um, so I placed this a bunch, and I learned a lot of things about my decks that I wouldn't otherwise have learned. I, I've sort of learned three main things. Uh, and that's sort of what I want to outline because, you know, the Space Commanders wanted me to give, present my findings. Yep. Uh, my findings can be sorted into three main camps. And so those are the three things I'd like to present. I'm if happy everyone's that willing you've... to come along. I'm very willing. I'm glad that you, like, isolated them because I thought you were just going to talk for another hour. <laughs> <laughs> just, just ramble on about it. And then I noticed. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, basically. So three three main camps. Yeah. So yeah. What's, what's camp one? What's your first finding? My first thing I found was that you don't need to tinker to keep up with power level. Ooh. And to keep up with the meta of Commander. So I was... Well, people are going to disagree with you. We've had conversations recently about power creep in our Discord. It's true. It's true. Look, I I totally respect that the format does overall get faster over time. I don't think it's even possible that it could go the other way unless they ban cards, right? Like, they're always going to print slightly, slightly, slightly better versions of each effect. If you're playing all those effects your decks will get better. Mm-hmm. I, the thing I'm saying is that that process is way slower than we think it is. Okay. So I was convinced I in three like... months, right, yeah. that, that my decks would be like left in the dust or something, which sure. might have been silly of me, was not the case okay. at all. Well, I mean, that's like two products, major products have been released for Commander in that time. Yeah. I think that's a lot of time. And usually, I mean, to be fair, especially in our Discord, there is usually a comeuppance about 
power creep cards mm. every set that's printed yeah there's usually one card that people scream at oh my god this is way overpowered yeah so yeah okay well we see that a lot online as well like on twitter and a lot of like online platforms you see people like pick that one card from the set and go oh my god this is an auto include it's yep. gonna go in every deck you're gonna see it every third game and stuff and to be honest i think some of those people are a little like catastrophizing well i mean as we found out in our ban list episode our ban list is pretty small. It's pretty small. And like a lot of these cards are are they, they are going to stick around for sure, but I don't think we're going to see them as often as we sort of might believe that we do. Like think about even the people that we know who are cracking like packs from the newest set constantly. Mm. Are they going to play every single commander staple that they open? Probably not, well, right? Well, I mean, I can give you a really good example of this. So we just recently put out an episode, I think it was two episodes ago now, for our throw out your chaff, uh, yes. organize your collection. Yeah. And out of that episode, I love you guys for this, by the way. A lot of you guys in the Discord have been posting up photos of the card piles. It's been really cool to see. It's been really awesome. So well done on organizing your collections. Mm. But I, in those photos called out a few cards that were just like sitting on top of the pile and they're like the new bombs from the recent sets i'm like right. hey have you tried that card out in a deck yet oh. um and people are just leaving them in the piles mm. so yeah i think it, you've got you've made an interesting point and maybe three months i'm not gonna force you to do any more don't worry <laughs> but maybe three months is still too much of a small sample size mm. but I'm going to argue that it's not, for one very good reason. We've already talked about him on this episode, but Stubbs, Cooper, mm. has started playing Magic again. This is who we talked about too in the Burnout episode. Correct. So he'd never touched his Commander decks for a whole year. Mm. Now, we played one game with Stubbsy in a game store, and he did really well. Yeah. His deck was like, definitely, like there were cards that were in there that are just like, you know, from, like, there was Stormherd, for example. Stormherd yeah. is not powerful in Commander anymore. It's a 10-mana spell. In you the don't right see it deck, very often. It's way overcosted. It's yeah. not very common. It's, like, way too big of a slot in mana intensity-wise. Mm. But that was in his deck. But and he almost won the game with it, by the way. Straight up nearly won the game with it. So, like, you're, if anyone starts coming at you being like, three months is not long enough mm. we've had a look at what a year does yeah and just by our one experience with that it well, did okay we actually played another game with cooper i don't know if you remember that was actually it was sort of a kitchen table game we sort of wanted to oh yes ease him did. back yeah. into it that's and he, true he played his mono blue merfolk deck oh god that deck was gross it i remember was that insane it yeah. was unbelievably strong he i think took infinite turns on turn six or something i think it was one of those like it's like wonder wine profits I yeah think. one of those mermaid Merfolk combos with Wonderwine. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was really, really strong. And I, I didn't really, like, immediately think, oh, this deck's missing X card. Like... No. It wasn't obvious. No, all. like, obviously, like, we haven't had a very strong Merfolk set prints. Like, we've not been no, back to Winsalan or anything like that. So that yeah. deck may be in isolation. But, like, we did play a couple of other decks as well that mm. Stubbs has played through. And he, like, had a Merin deck, which you have yourself. Yeah. And Stubbs' Merin deck is, like... It's Fine. disgusting. It's it is great. so good. It's still really good. So, like, yeah, I I genuinely think that if if to to kind of counteract that exception to the rule that your sample size was too small for mm. three months, I think one year is plenty long enough. That yeah, and especially last year. How many new commanders did we have last year? Like uh, over three hundred. I think more than we. There was some crazy stat that there's been more commanders printed yeah. since 2020 since 
there's more Commanders printed since something like 2020 than there have been in all Ever. the years prior yeah. to 2020. It was like something ridiculous. I remember last year it was like 300 plus Commanders. Yeah, it's, so it's like, wild. Our format has colossally grown and shifted, mm. yet Stubbs had not touched it for a year. Yeah. And we're still playing well. Yeah, absolutely. And look, like in, in my three months... I I didn't notice. Like I didn't notice a, a difference in the way that my my decks played. I still won games. I still ha- still had really great games of Commander. And if anything, we've talked about this before. Um, I actually got much better at piloting my decks, which Ooh. is so important in becoming a better Magic player. Is knowing your lines of play. Uh, we talk about this a lot in the the Path to Victory episode of, of yeah. finding your way to the victory and knowing what your victory looks like. Um, so, yeah, I, I got way better at piloting my decks. And if anything, it might have made my games overall even better than they had been prior to me doing the Great Freeze. Yeah, it's it, it's interesting. I, th- I feel like, you know, if... I'm trying to, like, think of the, the metaphor of, like, a house, like an architectural mm. building. I guess, like, if you're... You know how when you're a kid and you have your childhood home, mm. right... You know every nook and cranny of that house. When you play hide and seek, you're on your home turf. You know every place to hide. It's true. You know that house like the back of your hand. Mm. And then your parents, one of them gets a promotion and it's like, oh, yay, great. (laughs) And then they do a renovation and your favorite hiding spot is gone. And you're like... The I fuck, bro? I don't know where I'm going. I don't... I can't play this game anymore. I think if we're going to continue down the building metaphor, <laughs> it's like having your childhood home renovated. It's like, <laughs> it, this is not my deck anymore. Dad, the cubby is now the living room. <laughs> <laughs> Why is the kitchen in my card drawer? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I... No, I totally... I totally see it. Um, and look, even my CDH deck, to be honest... I obviously haven't touched that either. Like, that was within the realm of my, my three months. God, I hate your CDH. <laughs> it's, a, it's a white green stacks list. Um, it, it didn't change at all, and it still plays great. And uh, to be honest, I think a lot of people would think of that argument we were making before about, like, you know, there's only a few cards in each set that are auto-includes, and mm-hmm. so it doesn't evolve very quickly. But I could hear someone out there going, like, oh, but CDH, you know, each one of those decks makes every cut deck better, and every deck wants them, so they're automatically throwing them in. Yeah, the no. thing about CDH, it's way more stable than people think it is. It is. It's it's really rare that a card comes along and shakes it. The, like, the, for example, the CDH tournament that I competed in mm. was called the Dockside Debacle. Yeah. Because Dockside Extortionist has been, like, the card that has shaken CDH a lot in recent years. But that's, like... In the last five to six years, yeah. it has shaken the format. There's... And it's still the card being talked about. Nothing from this year yet has been printed that everyone's gone, ah! No. Like, yeah. There's, like, arguments to be made. Like, you know, yeah. pe- people are totally testing stuff. People are going, like, oh, I think this might be good in CDH. But there's not there's not these sort of cards like there are in casual that people are going, every CDH deck is playing yeah. this. It's so rare that a card gets printed like that. And so, yeah, my CDH list not being unchanged for... Um, three months, even if it was like a year, I think it would still compete at a very, very high level. It might not be perfect. And I've actually had uh, one of our people that we play with a lot, David, who plays a lot of CDH, mm. has said to me, basically the main thing he said was, um, just so you know, there's a different stacks list in white green that's seeing way more play now with a different commander. And he was like, if you want to be playing the top meta, you probably should be playing this other... What's the, what's the other commander? It was the, it's, I think they've only just printed the actual... 
um, Universes Beyond. It was a Universes Beyond card. Oh, right, okay. I think from um, the Street Fighter one. It's called Dull Sim. <gasps> I, oh my god, I've played against, this is the Reach one, right? Yes. Yeah, oh my god, it is so brutal. It's really, I really good. I had someone pull it out as like a proxied commander because they're like, I yeah. don't have it yet, but like I'm, I've built this deck and I've yeah. ordered the secret layer. Like, do you mind if I pilot it? I'm mm. like, yeah, go for it. I, like, I don't see too bad. And yeah. it was just so optimized. It's really, really good. So good. The card draw engine yeah. is just amazing. It just gives you like slightly more ability to end the game in in the command zone. Well, it's making bodies as yeah. well, so it's like punching you in the face. Yeah, I so can't the, remember the exact card details, but no. it's really good. But and they've printed, they've now printed an actual like they've promised to do now moving forwards. They've printed a Magic Universe yes. version that's not from from um, Street Fighter. Well um, done, Wizards. Yeah, <laughs> good <laughs> James stuff. approves. But yeah, like that that was the main first lesson was um the tinkering to keep up with power level is way less of a fact than I thought it would be. Yeah, I'm I'm honestly not shocked at this because I think mm. I learned this lesson when I saw Stubbs come back to play yep. Commander. I think I really got a sense of a year away from Commander is like so long, mm. in, especially in terms of the last year. So many products released, so many new Commander cards. So many new Commander-specific cards. Well, like so many new Commanders. And, yeah. Like, you know, and Stubbs' knowledge of the format was like next to non-existent. Like he hadn't been keeping up with anything. Mm. So I was pulling out Commanders that Stubbs was like, I've never seen this commander before. Yeah. And whilst like, oh, it's a great commander, blah, 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 like when I've had this game, this game, this game, <laughs> and whilst like completely, whilst completely aware of it, but Cooper's blind, mm. yet could still play against it. Yeah. And I think that says a lot about a player taking a step back as well. Mm. Um, and I think that you taking a step back away from the set releases and all that kind of stuff, you might talk about it a little bit later, but mm. how your mental health yeah. approach for the burnout side Definitely. of things. Definitely. I apologize for giggling halfway through you saying that. It was the fact that when you were being me, you acted so gay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but like, you literally were doing the hands oh, thing the, like the, this. The floppy wrist. You're, like, you're not wrong, but it's just no. so funny that you were like, James, 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 Walt, a Walt, <laughs> like this. <laughs> we really, I called it out in the last bit that there's like a latent homosexual yep. tension between us in this recording. Yeah. Which room. is so weird because we're, we're both really straight. We're incredibly butch. Me and James Manly are, men. are def- uh, I, I, trucks. I, Beer. I, I'm a truck. Yeah. yeah. Truck. Optimus Prime. <laughs> Right. Anyway, we need to take a we're break. gonna have a thrifty interlude. <laughs> a thrifty right interlude. Oh my god, this um, episode is so off the it's, rails. It's something else. We, we've got lots left to cover. Obviously, we've got my other two findings. Yes, uh, for me to present. But before that, we're gonna hear a little something about our new thrifty card. Uh, and as is tradition, I will bring the card to life in monologue form. In this one, I will be selling you the card as our good friend, oh, the, the cowed merchant. The cowed merchant. We'll make the, another uh, make another appearance. That guy that just can fit so much spaghetti in so many cards. <laughs> That's exactly it. Um, I'm so like glad our listeners are like internet people. Because that, that, Otherwise, yeah. if you're not an internet person... What are you doing here? I'm um, so sorry. You had to enjoy that. <laughs> um, would you like to read the card that I'm featuring this week? I would yes. love to read it. It's called Frenzied Saddle Brute for four and a red. You'll get a 5-4 Orc Warrior with haste that said all creatures can attack your opponents and planeswalkers your opponents control as though those creatures had haste. Ever look around and think, I deserve more than this leisurely pace? 
Meet this orc that says, Let's go faster than plebeian, faster, like the fires of Mordor are behind you. Not only is this orc beating your army senseless, he's turning that elephant rhino abomination around and running your opponents ragged too. Though they don't have to run. More like strong words of encouragement. But words of encouragement are all your opponents need to start ripping each other to pieces, I assure you. What's that? You don't like your advertisements to encourage senseless violence? I'll speak a language you understand then, my little bean sprouts. It's like I'm Oprah, and I'm giving you a car, but you can't run over Oprah with the car. Though, frankly, if you can kill Oprah with a car that she gave you, I think you deserve a trophy of some kind. Uh, you deserve prison, too. Mostly prison, but maybe prison with commendations. Get budgeted! 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 budgeted, budgeted, budgeted. <laughs> You could run over Oprah with the tax that you have to pay on that new car, to be fair. Oprah works for the tax man. Oprah is the tax man. Oprah is the tax man. She's the most powerful woman in America at one point, I think that, or, or most powerful woman in the world, I think she was coming to, like, with something. She's, I, she's very scary, is what I'm getting at. I learn so much from you, James. <laughs> Every day. I'm super well educated on Oprah. <laughs> Obviously, Apparently. that's like when I'm going on Mastermind, that's my special assumption. Oh, uh, it's your special, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I believe that. <laughs> um, you can see these posts as they're released uh, in text form over on Discord. There's a, a, a channel in our Discord server, which is linked to the show notes, called Thrifty Thursdays, where I post there every Thursday. And you can also see me bring some of these to life in video form over on TikTok at get commanded we have changed tiktok accounts so if you follow yeah. the old one please uh follow us at the tiktok at get commanded uh it's just get commanded podcast if you type it into the search on there that'll get us to pop up but uh yeah we have a, a dedicated tiktok now so that's just going to be me and james doing goofy stuff doing uh thrifty thursdays that kind of stuff so check yeah. us a follow for sure yeah for context for people that aren't familiar this podcast came out of a, a big project with a community group of commander players called the greensboro commander community we've referenced them on this podcast we talk about them at the start of the episode but that tiktok channel was a community tiktok channel so there's going to be other content that's going up on there and this uh, get commanded tiktok is just walt and i we're yeah. the only two with the login details <laughs> so expect some weird shit yeah is what we're expecting yeah if this episode is anything to go by you will strap yourself in <laughs> you're gonna lose your mind um right let's get back to you know the podcast yes, yeah the episode yeah, yeah. that we're recording now oh, you, right, yeah. you, you were saying that you had three major lessons we learned yes. the first one so that's the fact that power isn't creeping as quickly as we think no and you don't need to tinker to keep up with power yep so absolutely that's the first lesson lesson number two lesson number two is that tinkering prevents you from experiencing your decks truly Oh, you alluded to this a little bit in the last half of the episode. Yeah. So, like, basically, when you're constantly swapping cards in and out of your decks, you can sort of convince yourselves that these little swaps that you're making are going to change the trajectory of the deck. Like, they're going to change the experience of playing it, or, or mm. in some way going to meaningfully alter the deck such that it doesn't play the way that it does. But the truth is, and this is what I learned from not changing them for three months... Um, mostly your decks continue to do their thing and playing them a lot lets you find the cards that aren't doing so well, but also it lets you realize that actually some of your decks themselves 
are just not so fun. So there's kind of two parts mm. of this lesson. Um, the first one is is pet cards, specifically. We all have them. We all love them. We all have them. I have weird... I don't have, like, cards that I put in every single one of my decks. I think you should put Werebear in every green deck you own. <laughs> Great card. Uh, I do, I two love- mana, two, two, <laughs> with Threshold. Threshold. Plus three, plus three. What an awful mechanic. I'm, just, I'm not <laughs> shocked I haven't reprinted that. Um, look, we have these really close attachments to cards, and I think... When, with time, those attachments can start to fade and we can start to see them truly. So, I have a couple of pet cards that I identified over these three months. Yeah. So... You don't scream it when you play it at the table at all. (laughs) That's sarcasm. Look, (laughs) I get these weird attachments to cards, though. Like, I don't... Like I said, I don't have cards I put in every deck. But I often have a card in a deck that I'm like, I'm so proud of the fact that I found that card for the deck. And And I've made it work. I've made it work. I've seen it pop up once. Yeah, Yeah. and nobody's heard of it. And so, like, you sort of mentioned this earlier. Mm. And so, it, it means I'm like, seeing the card in this like absolute best light when it's probably not very good but I just want to feel clever so I don't see it the way it is so the main card that falls into this camp is um in my golem tribal Selesnia artifacts list it's weird um I play this card called extruder it's a four mana construct I think with echo so you have to pay yeah. its mana cost again in your upkeep otherwise it's sacrificed weird mechanic uh, the turn after you cast it anyway so you can yeah. keep it after that but you have to pay eight to keep it basically eight generic mana it's like a three three construct but it says sacrifice an artifact put a plus one counter on target creature oh that's really good in golems because you're gonna sacrifice an artifact trigger your commander yep yeah, buff all your golems and then choose another one to put another counter on yeah that doing was, what your deck wants to do that was my thinking the problem is you need like you don't want to pay eight for it it's not that good of an effect so you kind of need to play it on the turn that you want to sacrifice a bunch of artifacts oh you need to have like a board full of artifacts for a four drop to be good well and also you want to be able to sack those artifacts like you don't want good artifacts you don't want like your like i've got an ozolith in that deck you, you, don't, you don't want to sack the Ozolith to Extruder. So you have to have, like, treasures or, like, clues or, like, something else that's, like, fodder. So I, I hope the impression you're getting here is the number of hoops you have to jump through for this card to be worth it right. is so, so large. So, so this is one of those situations that we've talked about before where you explain why the card is good by using words, if this and this. Yeah. And when this, then if this, then that. Also, if the moon is in a waxing crescent state and I'm wearing blue underwear. And your blood type is O positive. Yeah, you also have to, like, hold your arm at a really weird angle to get the reception right. Um, (laughs) Use a magnifying glass. Um, And then clap your hands three times, say Bloody Mary. And the combo works. It's incredibly simple. It's amazing. It works every time you do all of those things. If you've ever had to explain a card like that, cut that card from your deck. So is it's that what good. you found? When- it's it's not good. And and I basically started keeping over the three months. I kept a uh, a notes document that just yeah. was like cards I noticed weren't doing well. I think this was the first one I put in the document. <laughs> I was like, it's just it's not happening. Well, you were convinced it was good, but like yeah, the usage situation is so narrow that at the point where you need it, you don't even need it anymore. Like, you should like, be winning the game. I talked about treasures. You know you know what else you can do with treasures. Use them for Sacrifice them <laughs> themselves. That's so true. They're yeah. self-sacrifice, which already which triggers, triggers the commander. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's silly. What a stupid card! Well, you're yeah. an idiot. Thank you. Have, why haven't you taken that out in the yeah. last three months? No, we, 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 <laughs> didn't, we didn't have enough bullying yet, James. I'm glad you're going more into the bullying angle. This is um, my favorite episode we've ever recorded. <laughs> 
awful man. Yes, I love you. I'm not ashamed of that. Uh, good. <laughs> I play um, Grixis. <laughs> God. Uh, the other card that falls into this sort of pet cards camp of um, I wasn't seeing this card truly yeah. uh, over my previous tinkering time. I had this card, Legion Loyalist. Oh, I Wart. know this card from um, like Ravnica block. Yeah, I think like it's like a Guilds, Guilds of Ravnica. Or, Guilds um, or maybe it's either Guilds or the other Ravnica set. There was two released back to back. There's a few Ravnica one. sets. This I... is a relatively pricey card for you, though. Well, this is the attachment that I had to it. Oh. It's because I so rarely spend money on cards this card's worth like i think i bought it for like seven bucks it's worth like 15 dollars now and i was like i can't justify what a silly purchase this card was (laughs) if i don't play it in a deck like i was so i'm so embarrassed about the idea of putting it in the trade binder because i'm like no but i spent the money like i've got to get my money's worth i went to see uh, melanie bracewell who's a new zealand comedian at the comedy comedy festival festival, and she bought in her comedy special she talked about how she had a weighted blanket right. and she got the crowd really hyped like oh who else has a weighted blanket and everyone was like oh yeah me 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 she was like oh yeah I hate mine <laughs> and everyone oh was, and like everyone laughed obviously and she's like now you're probably wondering why don't I throw it out why don't I get rid of it and she's like because I spent $200 on it <laughs> and I refuse to let $200 go to waste that's you yeah, with me and, $7 me and Melanie have a lot in common uh, except mine's a card and it's a lot less money but look <laughs> and you're not a stand up comedian yeah, uh, I'm not. On, on this podcast, you uh, can dream. <laughs> uh, I can dream. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's a, for those who don't know. By the way, it's a one mana goblin, and when it attacks with two at least two other creatures, creatures you control gain trample until end of turn. They can't be blocked by tokens. So it's really strong. It's like it's in, a good card in a, in a token deck where you're going wide. It's, yeah. It's pretty strong. It's like, you know, when we're talking about filling your deck with creatures and spells that do more at the lower end of turns, mm. this is a great card. Yeah, it's a one drop. Yeah. So it's definitely doing that for you. But the issue is it's it's in my Wart the Raid Mother deck. And the most important thing for my Wart deck is I need to get lots of goblins. And I kind of need my early turns to be mostly ramping and setting up. Because wow. the sort of typical play patterns with Wart is like ramp a bit, get Wart out untap, go nuts on that turn. And so you kind of have to set up all of the pieces. And yeah, the this deck is explodes a... on like turn six. Yeah, yeah, roughly like that. And Legion Loyalist is a card that wants to come down late in my Ward the Raid Mother deck, but um... it's a one drop. So like, I'm obviously going to play it on turn one if I can. So it's just like, I don't know, it sits at a weird level where it, it wasn't quite doing enough for the deck and I was definitely attached to it for money reasons. But given the time of not editing my decks, I've seen it enough times to be like, well, what are you doing, man? You know what you could do with that card? What? You could take it out now and or in five it. days no, and trade it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Right. Get like seven of your $1 weird <laughs> cards. Raid someone's dollar yeah. box in exchange exactly. for this single Legion Loyalist. Yeah, it's true. Um, So I alluded to this before, but this whole, the, the main umbrella of this lesson is tinkering preventing you from seeing your decks truly yeah um i was definitely not seeing this entire deck truly and not editing it made me realize it's just the deck that's the problem and not the cards in it it's my Tigam og time master deck yeah i've seen you play this recently this is so it's a blue white like storm deck it is really fun like I, I've played it and it's it's my style. I love yeah. this deck. It's so much fun. It's wild. So basically when Tigame attacks, your spells gain rebound until end of turn. So when you cast them from your hand, they go into exile and you cast them for free in your upkeep. Um, it's wild. It's yeah. 
an absolute blast to play, except that it's not. Um, because <laughs> For you. <laughs> because, well, it's there's so many triggers. Yeah. And it does something... I saw someone recently say that you should try to not... It seems kind of obvious when you think about it, but you should try and not play styles and cards of in Commander that you don't enjoy playing against. And I realised this was like the quintessential example of this in my collection, where I hate playing against people who take forever on their turns and have a million triggers and have obviously won, the but have to turn, wa- yeah. walk through 15 more steps until they actually win. Yeah. I hate playing against that, but I was doing that. And so... Giving a, a bit of space, I actually realised I'm just going to disassemble the deck. It's just, it's not doing it for me, right. and it's going to make way for a more fun deck. Okay, what are you, what are you replacing the deck with? I'm going to build the weird um, Bant human <gasps> thing. The spell. Oh, this is a good replacement. Add green yeah. is, like, very you. But and... but not such long turns. And Tie Game goes in the deck. So he's still, still nice. be around, because yep. he's human. So, he, like, he yeah, goes no, in the deck. But it's, uh, it's Katilda and Leah from the new um, March of the Machines. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of like team up commanders. Um, I thing. love them. They're so cool. It's They're, so cool. The flavor of the March of the Machine set was like on point. Yeah. Like I know Phyrexia All would be one was like a big set and people got really hyped for Phyrexians being mm. back. But the March of the Machine set kind of let the other side of the team be shown with the other team, which is the yeah. good guys. And that's all our favorite characters. So we get to see these characters teaming up across dimensions. It's really cool. I mean, there's a reason that like we all... Well, if you enjoy Marvel films, you probably enjoy Infinity War. But oh, yeah, you vastly ahead. prefer Endgame. Yeah. Where you get to see them win. Yeah, um, <laughs> and team up. <laughs> yeah, and that's, I think it's actually a pretty close it's parallel. Straight up, Infinity War is for Exo Will Be One. Heavy Endgame. inspiration, yeah. I reckon. It's, yeah, the crossover that no one asked for. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's lesson number two. Uh, lesson number three is that tinkering slowly warps your decks and the kind of subscript here is that they get worse or they can oh my god i'm so glad you said this yeah because i have a deck myself that i think i tinkered with too much and now i don't play it much anymore which deck is this liesa Oh, the black-white yes sort of death and taxes emphasis on the taxes yeah light light on the yeah, it sucks. It's a horrible deck to play. <laughs> but the deck was built in like in very much the style of my architect brain. And I made sure it was, you know, had all the right amounts of this, had all the right amounts of that. Mm. Now, to be fair, I wasn't using Moxfield as much as I should have been at the time right. when this deck was finished. So I finished the deck in Moxfield and built it. And then I took it to the game store. And then I never went back into the Moxfield list. But I liked the deck so much that I wanted to upgrade it. And I wanted to tinker with it. I remember you, like, actively chased a bunch of, like, very strong and, like, somewhat expensive cards for the deck. Yeah, but I also was, like, really open to hear feedback from other people and Mm. get opinions on the deck, the curve, and all this kind of stuff. And I tinkered with it, and I tinkered, 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 tinkered. And then, just recently, for this podcast, actually, I put all my decks updated in Moxfield. Right. And I tagged them all. And I didn't really look into it too much because I'm an architect. Once they're done, they're done. Yeah. But then recently in the Discord, a listener was building Liesa. And I yeah. sent, hey, I've actually got it. Or you sent my well, Liesa list. It's funny. They, they asked like, oh, I'm building this commander. Do you have any thoughts on how you would build it? And I was like, well, it's funny you should say that. I'm not the one to help you. James has this deck yes. already. Well, this is the thing. I then was like, oh, yeah, no, I have that deck. Go look at it. And I went and looked at it and was like, 
oh shit, I fucked this deck up. Oh. Like I tinkered with it so much. I looked at the card draw slot and it was, uh, it was, I th- broke down a retaining wall, put some scaffolding <laughs> in and went, that'll do. And right. it's freezing cold in that room because it's like got four bits of card draw. Yeah. They're good bits of card draw to be fair, but like they're, it's not enough and Mm. now when I play the deck I'm very aware that I don't have enough card draw in that deck because when I was tinkering with it I was like oh this is a cool drain effect which is what my deck wants to do what do I take out ah get rid of the sign in blood it's not that important yeah and it was just like piece by piece it just kept falling away yeah I'm really glad that you found this because I've learnt this lesson too (laughs) I mean I had pretty much the identical experience which is also like the thing I empathise here is that once you see it you can't unsee it and you're like I don't even want to play this deck until I fix it did you have that experience yeah I have like a to-do list on my phone of like magic things I have a bunch of to-do lists but I have like a magic the gathering to-do list and I've got a Get Commanded one as well. It's a separate list. But like, <laughs> I've got a Magic the Gathering 2 list. And right at the top, and it's been there for months now, is Fix Liesa's card draw. Right. I haven't played Liesa in a good two months. I right. Reckon. And probably because you're aware it's not quite where it should be. I need greed. If <laughs> I don't get the card greed, yeah. I am not winning a game. Yep. No, that's fair. Well, I basically had the same experience in terms of seeing it and being like, oh my god, what have I done? So what are the decks that you saw that with? Well, the the first one was my Seguin deck. Um, this Night is Tribal. Night yeah. Tribal deck. Um, this is a, like, Vorthos deck, so I kind of only play, like, knights and equipment that I could see a knight kind of carrying into battle. Like a lance or yeah. a sword. Yeah, and even the removal spells, like, it's like swords to plowshares, and then, nice. like, Mortify, which, like, has a knight in the art. Like, it's very flavorful in yeah. that way. Um, or just like things that you could see like there's a card called like um, Valorous Stance is in the deck and it's like yeah you can see a a knight taking a Valorous Stance like that's kind of the flavour of the deck um so obviously it needs to have... This is, so Gwyn wants you to equip a bunch of different knights and then attack and then you draw a bunch of cards from all the knights that are equipped. Yep. Some people build it as Voltron. I always thought that was kind of silly. So when I introduce the deck, I always say, this is not a Voltron deck. I just want yeah. to put one sword on every knight and go wide. I think the optimum way to build Seguin is actually just Voltron because if she's your commander, you're going to kill people very it's, quickly. It's true, but I, I think it's such a waste of her second line of text, which yeah. is whenever an equipped knight you control attacks, draw a card, lose a life. Like yeah. that actually wants you to have many equipped knights that are attacking. Um, but yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. Equally. I think if you just wanted to build a strong deck, you put Sword of Feast and Famine and all the other swords in the deck and then yeah. just slap them all on Seguin Well, they equip for zero. And, yeah, yeah, and kill people. Yeah, no, that would totally be a valid yeah. way to build it. But I was like, I don't want to do that. I want to go wide. Yep. The thing I realised, I went way too far down that route because I, early days of playing the deck, I was like, man, I just don't have enough knights. So I keep on putting them all on all the equipment on Seguin. I don't want to do that. Yeah. I looked at my deck the other day there are about 30 knights in the deck, which is like, that's okay. Yeah, we usually say you need like 25 of a thing for it to be a theme. Yeah, to be like a solid theme yeah. in the deck. The problem is, I'm running about 15 equipment. That is not enough of the thing. No, it's <laughs> not enough of the thing. And importantly, the thing about equipment in this this context is you can put two swords on a knight. You cannot put have two knights share a sword. <laughs> That's true. It's not I something have, they can do. I have two hands. I can hold two swords. Yeah. But if me and you try to swing a single sword with two opponent, hands, yeah, yeah, hold it like yeah, that like and kind of like attack. Uh, yep. God, this is why I wish we had a video podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, definitely physically did that. Yeah, but like that, that it doesn't work. We just tried it. It doesn't work. <laughs> so fifteen. 15. That, that's not enough. Way too few. So, like, you would have easily, like, more knights on the battlefield than equipment to give them. So then Seguin's, yeah. so then Seguin's second line of text of drawing cards is, like, 
redundant yeah. because you're not going to get more card draws off more knights in the battlefield. They have to be equipped. They have to be equipped. Yeah. So I'm basically going to be kind of inversing this ratio. I'm not going to go to 15 knights. I think I'll probably keep about 20, but I want the equipment count to be like, yeah, like 25. Yeah. Because um, I think that's more like robust in terms of getting the deck to do the thing. That's fair. Um, but yeah, it was only actually taking a step back and playing it a bunch of times and going like, man, I never draw enough equipment. And it was like, Oh, there's just not enough of it in the deck. That's why. Um, so the other deck I noticed this was happening for where the tinkering was slowly warping the deck until it wasn't good anymore. Well, in a particular way. Um, my Meron deck. Really? Yeah. I think your Meron deck's really good. It is really good and it plays really good, but it's not taking advantage of like the most important thing about playing a Meron deck, which is that you can reanimate stuff for free. Yeah. So obviously the, the best things to reanimate are really expensive, right? You're cheating the cost... Of sure, the creature. if you've so, got like seven experience counters, yeah, you can or, or even eight or nine, drop. right? You yeah. could get like a nine drop back if you wanted to. Um, that's like important that your de- deck has some of that. Yes. My Marin deck, I realized the other day because someone was asking for a curve for like a reanimator list. And I sent mine and then was like, actually scratch that. Don't pay attention to this because I have one six drop in Marin and no creatures with mana value seven or greater. None. That's actually... Now, we've talked about, like, efficiency in curves before, but when you are cheating the cost because you're reanimating them Mm. for less, dude... It's a wasted opportunity, right? So, you basically... So, when you count the experience counters of Marin, do you get to seven and just be like, all right, I got everything now? Yeah, well, in this case, I can get to six... There's oh, no seven drops. There's even. no seven drops. Yeah, it's, oh, dude, that's and one six drop. What's it's, the six drop? The six drop is Phyto Titan, which oh, I love. I'm a big, I'm a big boy. boy. <laughs> I like to be large. If you want to know what that is referencing, <laughs> jump over to at Get Commanded on yeah, TikTok and find out what the hell that is. Actually, just re-uploaded that one, so you can watch that over there. Um, so look, like I did it with the best intentions. I was obviously optimizing my curve, going like, oh, I'll bring the curve down. I'll have yeah. lots of like early plays and stuff, but I've missed out. Taking on... inspiration from Sam Black. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I've missed out on like actually taking advantage of my commander's line of text. Yeah. See, this is the thing. I loved the idea of like with Marin just being reanimate like the death titans of the yeah, beyond like, of, huge like eight drop zombie creature yeah. like so the, I, the couple of the creatures i'm gonna add i'm gonna add Dongglade regent this oh is the, sick include yeah this is the seven drop that um i think it has hex proof and etbs yes. you become the monarch and as long as you're the monarch uh permanents you control have hex proof this is awesome because i know you also run a secret commander of golgari lich lord gerard, gerard yes um and you, when that's out you want to protect it so well having was, an extra piece of protection is pretty good too yeah i was playing the other day and gerard got exiled and i was like oh boy <laughs> what do i do it's like driving a car and the steering wheel popping off yeah like oh well i hope i get to my house let's see if we can get home with just the accelerator and the brake <laughs> um yeah not ideal yeah uh the other one i'm gonna add is a really i was doing like a specific search for this now this is in the pile of things that will go oh, it's literally in right the pile there, over sure. here that this is the stuff that's gonna go in um giant and keg um, I'm, never, I'm gonna go through the pile and see is, if i can find this it. is one of the like million um cards oh. that uh this was, pile has gotten bigger it sure. has it's right near the top actually a giant ankle oh there you go yep six green green for a creature with insect it's an eight eight with trample and ward two. Oh my god oh my god other creatures you control have ward two and trample yeah 
Holy shit. It's sick, right? It's really cool. Like, it's so much to pay, but the effect is so strong that but I was just like... But if you could cheat this out, like, if you mill this, and if you then, I don't know, get, like, eight counters on... Experience, experience counters, counters on yeah. there and by turn six, if you drop that, and you're also a Power Matters deck as yeah, well. Yeah, well, so that's So you the thing. generally could end the game if you just go to combat. Well, I was trying to work out a way, because I have all these huge creatures, but I rarely end up attacking with them, and so I was like, actually having a way to give Trample would be really good. That's sick. Um, anyway, so yes, that's that's something that I realised about my deck, is I just kept on optimising the curve until I'd warped the deck so far by tinkering it that it was straight up not working the way that it should. So, yeah. Yeah, like, that's something I realised with the distance. That was the That's kind of the recurring thing here, yeah. is, like, having the distance of watching your decks and seeing them play lets you go, like, oh, this is not quite working. And I think there's a bit of a, a beautiful metaphor here where you're, like, you're so close to the deck, um, like, you know, in, in editing it and trying to tinker with it, mm. that you're honestly fixing, like, minute little things. Like, imagine that you're really close to a painting, right? And you're yeah. seeing these, like, minute brushstrokes, and you're like, oh, I could smooth that out. And you spend ages smoothing it out, and then you pan back and realise you haven't painted half the canvas. Yeah. And, like, there's just an entire section missing. Or someone has just spilt red paint on your painting, and you're fixing this tiny little thing, mm. and there is something bad happening on the other side of the painting. Well, or even, and this is kind of the thing that I realised, because those are some of the decks that I had issues with. The other thing I realised, taking that step back and taking a step away from the painting, some of those paintings are just really good. Mm. They're You're just, a good deck builder. Thank you. Like, But I didn't really... like. I'm aware that people have that perception of me. I wasn't really able to see it until I took a step back and was like, yeah, like, you know, five or six of my decks have some things I want to improve about them, cards I want to take out, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. The other, like, six or seven are just pretty good decks. Yeah, honestly, man, like, I think you're a fantastic deck builder and, uh, like... You will pretty much traditionally, with one exception, which was Krakenachroma, when you finish a deck, <laughs> you immediately send it to me. Mm. Except Krakenachroma, because you wanted me to guess who the commanders were the secret as commanders, you were playing it. Yeah. Um, but you usually send a deck to me, and I look through it, and I'm like, this looks polished, it looks well thought out, it mm. looks clean. And then you will talk to me a week later and be like, I've edited it, I've yeah. changed it, I've, I've done something. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm like, I saw this the other way and we're fine. Yeah. I think we've got very different headspaces on this. But, like, definitely. if you were to recommend, do you, okay, do you, firstly, do you recommend that people do this and, like, actually... Do a great freeze. Yeah, do a big freeze, great freeze. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I've really, like, I've really learned to appreciate just playing Commander and just leaving my decks alone. And I think I'm probably going to be less of a tinkerer coming out of it. And I think that's a good right. thing. Right, okay. I mean, we, we spoke, obviously, at the top of the episode about Some how... Some self-discovery has happened. Yeah. yeah. Nice. But we talked at the top of the episode about burnout and how, um, yeah, like, it's this obsessing over the details and constant, constant improvements that puts this pressure on yourself that you associate with the game and makes the game sort of feel a bit like a drag. Um, I really, really recommend The Great Freeze to people who are having that experience because it makes you just play your decks. And yeah, like, like as I said, the, the vast majority of my experiences playing my decks without touching them, whether it was because of, you know, observing them in terms of power level or whether it was observing them in terms of cards I wanted to cut or whether they'd been warped, like the, all of those things aside, most of my experience was just like, wow, I like playing Commander. <laughs> Why it's don't I do this game. more often? Yeah, you know? it's, a, it's a fun game. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really happy that you, like, promote this, firstly. Because mm. I, at the start of the episode, I identified as an architect. I leave yep. my decks alone more often than not. And honestly, I reckon that there's a portion of our listeners that also probably leave their deck alone. Mm. And 
might feel the way I do sometimes, which is where you go, oh, I'm falling behind or, oh, mm. I'm not good enough at magic to be editing. I feel so validated after this episode because you've told me that what I'm doing is actually purpose perfectly serviceable yeah. in Commander. You would say that most of my decks, like I, we went through my list not long ago together mm. and you were like, yeah, this is still good. Like it's still a good deck. Yeah. I feel so much more comfortable in knowing that I don't have to be so up to date with that new flip saga from March of the Machines in my very specific deck, which I only <laughs> ever play once a month. Yeah. Like I don't need to put that in. I don't no. need to do it. I could. And yeah. if I get enjoyment out of it, I should. Mm. But if that is like a daunting experience to me, I should just be able to enjoy playing my decks. Absolutely. And I definitely learned the lesson of tinkering can make a deck shit and make you not want to play it again. Because Liesa, I'll, I'll let it you soon. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I will fix you. Absolutely. Well, if you are a tinkerer, you probably find great joy in the small changes you make to your decks over time, but it's important that those small changes don't prevent you from seeing the big picture. You don't need to edit your decks in order to enjoy great games of Commander, it's just a little treat for those who enjoy it. Even tinkerers should take a moment every so often to step back and admire their handiwork. So, Space, Space Commanders, Commanders command, command received. received! Well, you definitely received it. Yes. This was like... It's a three-month-long command. Yeah, 100%. So, as Space Commanders, I really hope you feel that you've got the results from Walt's experiment. Mm. But, listeners, do you feel commanded? I'm really curious, how often do you edit your decks and... This is the big one. Are you a Walt or a James? Are you an architect or a tinkerer? Are you... Yes. Yeah. Architect, James, tinkerer, Walt. Or actually, you might come to our side a little bit more often now, right? Yes, yeah. absolutely. I'm somewhere in the middle, I think. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the best way to get in touch with us is, of course, in our Discord server, which is linked in the show notes. Um, it's the best way to chat with us and other members of our community. But you're also welcome to at us on Twitter. You can send us an email. All of these are linked in the show notes. Uh, and if you have the time, we'd love if you could leave us a review on whichever platform you listen to us on specifically spotify apple Podcasts. you can't do it on google Podcasts. we don't know why it's fuck stupid. you google <laughs> <laughs> we hate it um and of course don't forget to check out our patreon page which is the absolute best way to support our content directly yes. uh, it all goes straight to making the get commander podcast as good as it can possibly be and we'll just love you forever and speaking of loving you forever uh we would like to personally thank fletcher cutting for supporting us in the space commander tier you're the best, Fletcher. Yes, can't wait for the next month of uh, games that we get to play with our yeah. um, patrons. The last one was very juicy, which it we've was. talked about more times than once. Um, but again, very quickly, thank you to Palms Off Gaming, sponsor of this podcast. If you want to bling out your deck collection and make the deck box shiny and make your binder look really nice or have some really expensive cards you want to protect in top loaders, mm. go to palmsoffgaming.com.au to get all of your gaming accessory needs. Absolutely. Well, that's just about all of the episode, but as is tradition, we do need to planeswalk oh, yeah. out of magic and into something else. I think it's your turn. I think it is, and I know exactly where I'd like to go, because I was I was thinking about this on the way here. Sure. I would like to planeswalk us back in time. Back in time. To the 1970s. Ooh. A beautiful period, mm. especially for rock and roll in the United Kingdom. Okay. Have you heard of a band called Rainbow? Or it may be known as Richie Blackmore's Rainbow. I have not heard of a band called Rainbow. Okay, spoiler alert, you're about to. Not from <laughs> me, but from the movie Guardians of the Galaxy. The, oh. the new one that's coming out. 
Oh, I think you posted this on your story, right? Yes. Did they do a trailer with a song? Correct. By Rainbow? Yeah, okay, so cool. the, the new... You know how, like, uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy, they use the 80s and 70s soundtracks to, like, yeah. give the movie a bit of a vibe? Yeah. So the new song that they're using in the trailer is a song called Since You've Been Gone by Rainbow. Right. Now, this song is a huge part of my childhood. Now, I want to tell a little bit of a story, which I told Theo the other night, and they genuinely went, aww. So, back when I was a kid, and I I mean a kid, I was like nine years old, I reckon. So, young James, obsessed with rock and roll, but obsessed with like 70s and 80s rock and roll, because that's what my dad loved, and my dad Mm. brought me up on. Yep. Now, CDs were very, like, that was, like, the media format Mm -hmm. when I was a kid. Yeah, records hadn't made their, like, loop back to being cool again. Yeah. Yeah. So, CDs were it. And my dad made me a mixtape, like, a mix CD when I was a kid. And the the album was called James Rocks, right? Aww. And I still have that CD. He even went to, like, an Officeworks type place and got them to print a label for the disc. So wow. the disc had a label on it. And it was photos of me playing the drums and riding motorbikes. That's on the... amazing. My dad is adorable. <laughs> but the first track on that album was Since You've Been Gone by Rainbow. Oh, wow. So a very huge part of my childhood. That that, that band is huge. For context, they're like formed in the 1970s by Richie Blackmore, who was the guitarist for the band. Um, and then Ronnie James Dio, who is very big in the rock and roll metal scene. I've definitely heard that name before. He came on as the front man. He then, in about 1979, I think, went on to sing for Black Sabbath when Ozzy Osbourne left. Oh. So he's, like, huge now. But, like, no one knows his, like, origins with Rainbow. And right. Rainbow used to be this, like, really niche thing that only me and my dad knew about. And then I, I was in the cinema seeing the new D&D film. Oh, yeah. Um, Honor, Honor Among Thieves, whatever it is. Firstly, yeah. fantastic film. Yeah, cool. Yeah, got to go see it. Brilliant. <laughs> but obviously in the trailers, the trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy came on. Right. And it's a very distinctive riff. It's... And I know... I My eyes lit up. I've not seen this trailer yet. I literally jumped out of my seat. And me and my partner were in gold class, by the way. I I went, oh my God. And Theo went, what, what? And I just started going, (laughs) in the middle of the cinema. And I sung in the theater to that trailer. And people were giving me weird looks. And Theo was like, what the fuck? And I was like, no, you don't understand. This song is so my childhood. That's so lovely. And I, I honestly wanted to tell everyone go check out rainbow specifically the compilation album the the very best of rainbow um and rainbow rising which is like their first album right um the very best of rainbow check out since you've been gone and a song called stargazer um another really cute piece of james history stargazer was one of the first drum riffs of a really good drummer the drummer's name's cozy powell he's probably my third favorite drummer of all time um, it is, it sounds very complicated, but it was one of the first drum riffs that little James ever got right on uh, a drum kit. That's lovely. Honestly, I'm going to show you Stargazer after we've hit the stop button on this recording yeah. because it is, it is a mind blowingly cool song. The band is amazing. The, I, the movie, I don't care if it's good. I'm going to go see it purely <laughs> for the fact that I know Rainbow is on the soundtrack. Yeah, that's sick. Really oh, that's, cool. That's so lovely. Music's so great like that, the way you can form 
you know, like narrative attachments to songs that sort of persist over time. Oh yeah, multiple iterations and like that song. I I remember when I used to like race motocross when I was a kid. Like so, I would have been like fourteen. Yeah. Um, my dad, I couldn't drive when I was fourteen, so my dad would have to drive me to all the events, and obviously he'd love to anyway. He was my pit crew. Yeah. But we used to be singing. Um, since you've been gone and Stargazer, Man on the Silver Mountain, uh, 16th Century Greensleeves, all these rainbow songs that I've recently rediscovered and I've been binging rainbow since Uh, like Sunday when I went to see that film. That's great. I love the soundtracks of those Guardians films. They're so cool. Yeah. I download them every time. Well, you're definitely about to hear rainbow. Next drive to the game store. We're going to be jamming out. (laughs) Can't wait. Can't wait, honestly. Well, that's all we have time for, folks. We'll catch you next week for more Get Commanded. Goodbye, Commander players.